0: All right. Hello out there to everybody. You're watching Amateur Radio Roundtable, a show about ham radio, amateur radio, shortwave, electronics, and such. So we welcome you. Uh, We're glad to have you with us tonight. And if you're out there listening on uh, shortwave tonight, let me see if I can find a. Yeah, here it is. If you're out there listening on WBCQ tonight on 7490, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Please send us an uh, email to tom at w5kub, tom at w5kub.com, and tell us where and where you are and how you're hearing the station tonight. Uh, relatively low power. Uh, I think we're running only about 50,000 watts out of Monticello, uh, Maine, up right, on a, right on the border of Maine and uh, Canada up there. But uh, we still get out. We've uh, we've listened to the show a few times uh, with uh, remote uh, receivers, and uh, we've heard it uh, from Europe and South America. So I think we're getting out. So uh, hey, let us know how you're doing and uh, how you're hearing the show. Also, uh, just remember, we have some people out there that just listen to the audio podcast only, and this is uh, you can get this on any of the podcast carriers out there, from iTunes to Google Play. Uh, to uh, iNet Radio, all of them out there and uh, uh, just search for Amateur Radio Roundtable and you will find it out there and you can download it or you can just listen to it. A lot of people listen to it while they drive or they're at work or, you know, whatever. Uh, So, hey, I would really like to hear from you guys out there. I'd like to know how many people out there are listening on um, the podcast, the audio podcast. So, if you're out there listening on one of the podcasts, hey, send me an email, tom at w5kub.com. I'd like to hear from you. We need to know whether to improve it or just shut it down. I don't think we're going to shut it down, but uh, we would like to know how many people out there are listening to the show uh, through our podcast. Uh, if you will, if you will, please hit the uh, subscribe button there on the YouTube Um there's a little arrow. I'm helping you out there. So just hit that subscribe button down here in that bottom right-hand corner, I think. Uh, it should, should uh, help you there to know where it is. So, you know, lot's going on this week. We'll talk about a little bit tonight. Um, uh, we're going to have Rich in here in just a few minutes. Uh, we're going to talk about CQ for next uh, month. Uh, we've got a video here from Alan, and uh, we're going to talk about building a 49-to-1 ballon tonight. Actually, it's a un un. It's a un un, not a balun, but a un un. Okay, so we're going to talk about that tonight, and using a half-wave uh, antenna, that's going to be interesting. And uh, I've got several different other baluns that you know I've built here that uh, we'll, we'll probably talk about, and we'll give you an update on. Um, we'll give you an update on 112 here. Uh, it went down somewhere in the Middle East, and we'll talk more about that a little later. Uh, let's see. Hey, next week, next week, uh, we are going to have uh, Eric, uh, 4Z1UG, from QSO Today. Uh, it's going to be with us next week. Uh, so be sure and tune in next week to uh, to uh, see and hear Eric there. So, hey, Glenn, how you doing tonight, man? Thanks for being with us.
1: I'm hanging in there, I think, man. I'm finally getting caught up on things. This is having to go back to work and be in the office just isn't really compatible with life so we're gonna have to figure something out there but uh, we actually have uh, started work on the next book this one's gonna be for the elector folks over in Europe and uh, fixing to start ramping up on that real soon we of course we still have the AWRL book that's in the process of being edited so I'll actually have two books out this year
0: well, you know, I think I think you're just getting lazy to go into work because if we hadn't had COVID and you got
1: to work from home all that time, I think you'd have been all right in going to work, man. Oh, yeah, but, I mean, you let me, I hadn't been in the office since, I think it was two days since Thanksgiving. Yeah. And, oh, uh, you know, sleeping in and stuff like that, it it, it kind of ruins you.
0: Yeah, well, I, I'll tell you, yeah. No. Well, you know, you're just getting to the point where you're ready to just do something else in your life and relax, right?
1: Right. Well, I mean, I want to, to play. I I love doing the books. That's really my post-retirement plan is to focus on Arduino projects, the books, and just having some fun for a change.
0: Yeah, well, I would like to do more, but I don't know. I, I, I tell you, tell you. You can get lazy in retirement, although seems like to me I've, I've got so much stuff going. I don't. Yeah. I, I don't think I can be lazy. I just got so much
1: going; it gets in the way
0: of ham radio.
1: Yeah, uh, and that's kind of like the way I see it being. Is yeah. you know, you know, the good news is you know I've got the the lab and the Arduino right over here, so I mean I'll be playing with with that a, a great deal.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I haven't even got my, my my satellite antennas up yet. or my rotors out there yet? I mean, the weather's starting to get nice out there uh yeah. i'm waiting on rick let's see i don't know if rick's in the chat room tonight or not wa4nvm let me see if he's in here wa4nvm oh well, rich he is here yeah rich is here with us now yeah rick's here rick's here well maybe uh maybe rick can put those up for me when it's, i'm going i've got to be in uh, new orleans uh friday and saturday so maybe rick can come over and put those antennas up and put i'll just set the rotors and stuff outside and maybe he can have all that you know set up uh farming when i get back man because I'm ready to get on satellite with the automated, you know, automated antennas, man.
1: Yeah. I've got my shack finally all wired. It's just a matter of cleaning it up, dressing the the cables and stuff. But, you know, I'm pretty much ready to rock also. Yeah. Well, hey,
0: I have to work you on satellite here uh, maybe in the next uh, month or two. We're going to have to get you you on there. And that would be a great satellite contact. We're, what, maybe
1: miles apart, something like that. Yeah, maybe? well, actually, we're just far enough that ground wave on HF isn't going to work.
0: Yeah, so let's just send that signal about five hundred miles between us, okay?
1: But okay. well, we might be able to make two meter sideband or something like we're that. The, might might be able to. Yeah, but yeah, we're we're not going to make an HF contact from here. Yeah,
0: well, we probably could on seventy five, possibly. Couldn't, couldn't we? Couldn't we?
1: Possibly. I, I don't know. I mean, like I say, I'm just. Pretty much oh. out of ground wave
0: reach of you. Oh, I see Rick in a chat room here. He's he must be listening. I thought maybe he was going to get a coffee or something. Wouldn't hear me, but Rick says he don't think so. So I guess he's not not wanting to climb up on my roof and put the antennas up while I'm gone, man. So no,
1: no all right. to, have to well, do that yourself.
0: All right. Well, I'll go to Plan B then. I'll go to Plan <laughs> B. All right. Uh, let's check in with uh, Rich here. Rich is with us tonight. Uh, how you doing, Rich?
2: I'm doing great, thank you. And uh sorry I was a little late, but uh, Wow Wow, wait excuse. a minute. Wait,
0: Rich, something's wrong. Yeah. Something you're not in the basement. Did you, did you get a haircut? What's going on here? Turn let me see your head. Turn your turn your head. <laughs> oh no, I still you still got the <laughs> ponytail back here. Yeah. You I look, light. You look uh, like you cleaned up or something. I don't know, man.
2: Because I'm in my daughter and son-in-law's house because we're dog sitting for them. Oh, because okay. they are at the hospital with our brand new granddaughter. Who oh was born wow! This morning,
0: congratulations! So, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. Well, that's it's great. It's
2: been a, a really fun day. That's for sure. Yeah. Already. Now, are, are you close to,
0: to Are you close to home, or are you guys kind of away from home? I mean?
2: We're about 45 minutes from our from our house. Okay. All right. Cool.
0: All right. Well, um, since you're away from home, do you, uh, have you got all your talking points memorized there? Tell us, tell us what's going yeah, to I, go on.
2: I brought my inch-thick file folder with me. Okay. <laughs> so, <clears throat> March Issue of CQ is uh, on its way. We got a really cool cover picture. Um, how much you can see of it? The... Uh, more the right direction sorry. there there we go he's uh that is let me take a look k2 lns he was up on his tower lowering one of his beams down on a tram line to a friend and if you look real closely you see his shadow on the tower on the ground there from the picture so he didn't even oh. realize it was in there until afterwards yeah so that is is really very very cool. Cool. And uh, you know, we start out this issue with de expedition not not to Bouvet. Uh, a little soon for a story on that, but uh, this one is DX from the edge of Alaska. A K7K DX de- expedition to Kiska Island, which is way out in the Aleutians, and it has the distinction. I don't know if you want to probably not a good one, but the distinction of being one of only two parts of the continental United States or not of the United States, period, um, that was occupied by Japan during World War II, Kiska and Adak Island, also in the Aleutians. Um, So it's very interesting history that goes with that island. We've got the results of the CQ Worldwide RIDI-DX contest. And uh, Hope people had fun in the 160 contest last weekend, if you operate top band. We finish up a couple of diff- series this month. Klaus um, Spees WB9YBM has been doing a three-part series on maximizing what you can do with your scanner or scanning ham receiver. And uh, we have the last of those going portable with scanners and ham radio handhelds. Uh, K3SKS, Stephen Smith has a follow up on his article from, uh, this was last January, on portable operating. And uh, this one he decided to get alliterative on the title, and it's titled Persistent Practice Produces Positive POTA Progress. So you can get a sense of where that one's going. We have another de expedition for our CQ Classic uh, to Mount Athos. Uh, SY1MA. This was from 1973, the 1970 March 1973 issue. I think the de-expedition itself was in 72. That's right. This was exactly 50 years ago. That's why we picked this one out. A lot of things have changed in the world of de-expeditioning and a lot of things have not. So it's very interesting to take a look at an article from 50 years ago and uh, see what's different and what's the same. K4 HRK has an interesting article on a collapsible tri-band antenna for 6 meters, 2 meters, and 70 centimeters. And you can even have an option to make it a quad-band antenna and add 10 to it. It's uh, an antenna you can hang in a tree. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. And we've continuing our wrapping up series, series, or series of series that are being wrapped up. N2EWS finishes his series on the continuing anticlimactic adventures of the perverted V antenna, which has been really interesting. You can tell we're dog sitting. Yeah, <laughs> I hear that. I can tell. And uh, finally among our features this month, we have a very interesting piece from W0FN on learning Morse code, instant character recognition. I don't know how many of you are familiar with this. It's a, uh, fairly new program and the idea is to help you get away from copying individual letters and basically hearing and comprehending entire words which is really the secret to moving beyond about 15 words a minute in your comfortable code speed be able to to copy whole words so there's a program out there to you learn this technique. And uh, I may just give it a try myself sometime because uh, I <clears throat> get uncomfortable above 20 or so. So it's uh, very tempting. Among our columns, we've got a uh, look in listening posts at Radio Free Europe and Radio Liberty that are back in the news these days because of the war in Ukraine and the propaganda efforts to. Uh, limit information getting to people in different parts of Europe. And uh, interestingly though, very little of what we're seeing in the articles about RFE and RL have to do with radio. It's almost all internet, uh, which I find disturbingly fascinating because when people are cut off from the internet, what are they going to do? They're going to listen to the radio. The radio doesn't have to have wires connected to it. And it's a lot easier for a government to cut off your access to the internet than to cut off your access to a radio. So I think that all of these so-called broadcasters are being very short-sighted in giving up on broadcasting and uh, thinking that they can achieve their missions by just being on the internet. That's my soapbox for the moment. Um, in math notes, we're continuing again. <laughs> this is the continued issue. Um, Irwin WA2NDM, has more on simple testers. Uh, he's got a crystal quartz tester and a silicon-controlled rectifier and triac tester for those who have those in their junk box and are trying to figure out what values they have and then how they can use them in circuits. In emergency communications, K3PFW is talking about his new station that he's building at home and uh, how he's designing it to be focused on MCOM. Uh, Joe Eisenberg, K0NEB's kit building column is on a very interesting device, the Ham Radio Solution CW Hotline. And it's, uh, it's uh, a code practice oscillator and key or kit. And uh, kind of fits in with your instant character recognition if you're doing one you make use of the other Um, gordo short circuits by wb6noa he takes a look at two hf tuners the comet ncg uh, cat 300 and the odg z100a if i'm remembering correctly one of them is an automatic auto tuner and the other is manual in our medium and low frequency column we have a review of some basics of medium and low frequency amateur radio and for those who are unfamiliar we're not talking about 80 and 160 we're talking about 2200 meters 630 meters uh, down below the broadcast band so that's uh, a regular column we encourage people to who are interested to get into operating there in our ham radio explorer column k eight zt Talks about the sound card modes and uh, different things you can do in sound card equipped radios, things like that. It's very interesting. And digital connection, Uh, N2IRZ talks about TARPON nodes and their containers. He's mostly talking about containers. And he's uh, building furniture to uh, hold the radio equipment for uh, a TARPON node. Learning curve. Uh, K00Z, I'm sorry, K00Z is uh, introducing grid squares for our beginners and uh, the concept of going out and activating different grids and your mobile portable operators. VHF plus N4DTF is talking about the approach of the annual six meter sporadic E-season. And this, this summer, we're looking forward to more than sporadic heat. The way the sunspot cycle is heating up uh, much higher and faster than the so-called experts are predicting, except for one. Uh, we could have a really good chance for some good F2 propagation on six meters this summer. and That can give us some good transcontinental and intercontinental DX as well. I think you're going to see contacts on six meters from the eastern U.S. to Europe and from the western U.S. to Japan and Australia. So six meters is definitely going to be a band to watch this spring and summer. And uh, in our awards column, we take a look at our own USACA awards, USA Counties Award, which is one of the more challenging awards to work for everything. But it's- it's called among the USACA aficionados the whole ball of wax, which is three thousand seventy-seven counties. Wow, so you've got to do a lot of talking on the radio to work three thousand seventy-seven counties, and uh, you'll pick up some good grid squares along the way too. In our contesting column in Three qe is uh, talking about providing tips on correctly copying serial numbers and contest exchanges. This is uh, – he has does a tremendous amount of research, and this is one of the things I love about his column. He's discovered that the most common mistakes that are made in incorrect log entries in contest submissions are not the call sign and not the multiplier, but the serial number uh, in contests that require them, that they're just copied off. And uh, – He has some tips on on how to copy them correctly. And just being aware of it, I think, is is a good first step. And finally, in our propagation column, NW7US is talking about what I was just mentioning a minute ago, exceeding expectations. Cycle 25 is just blasting. and uh, It's gonna be a very, very exciting few years here as we approach and hit the peak of the cycle. So that's a quick look at the March issue of CQ. The digital edition should be in our digital subscriber mailboxes tomorrow. And the print edition is in the mail. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the uh, actual copy myself. As we finish up working on April, <laughs> I right. brought with me two-inch-thick files. but um, I couldn't my computer in my briefcase because the article files are so thick. So uh, April is shaping up really nicely too. Of course, we're going to have the results of the 2022 Secure Worldwide Single Sideband Contest, but there's a lot of really other interesting stuff too, including Tom uh, talk about ballooning and uh, the situation going on with amateur radio balloons.
1: Well,
0: that is that's well, what I'll we see. got coming up. That's cool. And, uh, man, I tell you, it seemed like the months are going by so fast. Wasn't you just here last, last week? I mean, it seems like it, it wasn't last wow.
2: week, but I think we did, uh, the first week in February. Yeah, maybe, maybe so. January, so I, it don't know, man. Three weeks.
0: I don't know, man. I mean, Hey, I don't know. Maybe I. Maybe we should tell Glenn don't don't retire because man, time is flying by fast here.
1: I hear you, man. I mean, tomorrow's March already. Man,
0: yeah. Well, hey, I'm looking forward to uh, getting my uh, printed copy of uh, CQ, and uh, sounds like some interesting things in here. And uh, can't wait. I'm gonna. Yeah,
1: I I'll love look, getting money. I
0: may I may try that. Worked all counties.
1: Yeah, this, uh, it's a
2: it's a years long challenge. I'll tell you that. I I, mean, and, I uh, may
0: set a goal. Work all counties like in six months. Good luck on that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Good luck. <laughs> Maybe you can work them, but then you got to confirm them.
0: Oh, no, uh, that's uh, I didn't know you can do that. Too. Well, so, yeah.
2: And as always, we encourage everyone to subscribe to CQ and read it every month. Have it delivered to you either your inbox or your mailbox. And you can get all the details and sign up at www.cq-amateur-radio.com.
0: Well, very good. All right. There's a question in the chat room. Does anybody know when the peak of of this this, uh, uh, sunspot cycle is? I know we're starting to move into it, but when is it going to peak? The
2: the projection for it is 2025. Um, The rate that it's rising If uh, it it could come sooner, or it could be an extended uh, very high peak, that would be wonderful. I mean, there's one uh, solar scientist, Scott McIntosh, who has uh, predictions that don't agree with everyone else, but it's beginning to seem like he's right. He is predicting that this is going to be one of the hottest cycles ever. Um, been some good hot cycles competing yeah. with with cycle 19 back in the late 50s. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we will see, hopefully he's right, but even getting close will uh, <laughs> be just fine.
0: Well, we got, we've got another question here. I don't know if you're the one with the answer, but uh, the question is when will CQ honor LOTW? What's that? Logbook of the World? It's a
2: Logbook of the World. Uh, we have we do honor uh, Logbook of the World for worked all zones and the WPX awards. Um the is it, is under the terms of a agreement with the AWRL, and uh, under the terms of that agreement, we are only allowed to use logbook credits for those two awards at this point in time. Um, it is would be up to the league to permit us to use their credits for other awards, and uh, this is where we're at at the moment. Okay, it's just so WBX so WBX and WAZ.
0: The restrictions there are on the ARL side, uh, I guess, yes. allowing you to do what you can with it. Okay, well, very good. Thanks for the answer to that. Oh, uh, let's see. Well, I guess that's it. Hey, Rich, thanks so much, man, for coming in here tonight and talking to us. And uh, congratulations, My pleasure, as Congratulations there on being a new grandfather. Or, is, or is it a great great Thank grandfather? You. Right. Which one is it? it (laughs) Just grandfather? uh, Grandfather, huh? Okay. All right, My mother,
2: who is 100 years old, is overjoyed at being a great grandmother.
0: Yeah. I've got a picture. I've got a picture of me and five generations sitting together on a doorstep. And uh, you just can't get much longer than that, man. It just, (laughs) man. All right, man. Well, hey, uh, be happy. Thanks a lot for being with us. And, uh, uh, go see the grand the new grandchild, okay? Okay. Have
2: All a good right. night, everybody. Bye-bye. All
0: right. Good goodbye. All right. All right. Well that was interesting. Okay. Well, you got your answer there on L-O-T-W. L O T W. I don't use the I don't use it. I don't really I don't use any
3: logbook here. Really. Oh,
0: I use it exclusively. Oh, do you? Do you? Yeah. Okay. Well. And, um... Yeah. Hey, Bill. Go ahead, Bill.
3: I don't know. Ever since I updated Zoom, it does weird things like it's doing right now, but uh, um, I just wanted to let you know that the aurora has been uh, visible in the northern tier states, Uh, clear as far down as Colorado and Ohio, and I actually saw a little hint of them here in Alabama, so uh, aurora propagation is possible uh, during these events on two meters and six meters, so... uh, um I go to spaceweather.com and it shows me the current uh, current solar uh, uh possibilities of an aurora. so uh, there's maps that show you the edge of the aurora but uh, aurora is a fun fun mode. It sounds like a a whisper when you talk and the uh and the CW sounds like it's uh, you know just a, a raspy sound so. Uh, really fun to work uh, aurora contest.
4: Yeah.
0: Well, we going to get your Zoom fixed. It's uh doing crazy things there. there
3: Ever since away. I updated it, there it does go. this. Uh, it, it lasts for a little bit and then it starts doing uh, Yeah. Um,
0: well, doing crazy things. All right. Just just uh take this uh as a a warning. Next week we're going to start giving out demerits and if you ain't, don't have it fixed next week the demerits are going to start rolling out there. So, if I you, I would
3: uninstall it. <laughs> but, you know, if you call in sick...
1: Talking, I would uninstall it.
3: <laughs> uninstall it
1: well, you, and reinstall here's it. Here's the trick. If you call in sick, you get fewer demerits Well, than that's a bad true. Signal.
0: That's true. That is true. Well, I don't know what to say, but we sure would like to see you. Yeah, when your picture's on there, you're looking good, but then... You, you go away, you know, so we got to get you fixed. If Glenn has to make a service call down there, Glenn, how long would it take you to get down to Huntsville? About three,
1: three hours four hours? And 45 minutes. How many? Hello? Three hours and 45 minutes. Okay. All right. Uh, I've done it a time or two.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, we might have to send you down on a service call. Now, do you think you can make uh, Zoom work on Windows 3.1?
1: Uh, no, no, don't think <laughs> oh,
0: well, so. And well, wait, know, wait, 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 that was DOS, that was DOS 3.1. I'm sorry, I'm yeah. DOS 6.2, uh, Tom.
3: I'm at least up to 6.2. DOS. Oh, no, you've yeah. got to
1: upgrade to six two two There's a lot of security issues with 6.2. Well, well, and 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 Bill
0: uses those big old floppies, they're about 10 inches square. Yep, yeah, the eight inches, oh, it's eight inches, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So, what's wrong with that? Well, I don't know, man. You know I mean you know we don't need AOL had those nice little coasters for the longest time. Yeah.
3: Well you know, let me look at the name of my computer. Let's see, it says Altair. The other one is (laughs) the PDP. Do
1: you know that there is actually a company selling replica Altair eighty eight hundreds or no? Yeah, the eighty eight hundreds that look just like it and they are fully functional and they're powered by an Arduino.
3: That's what I was going to ask, if they were on a Arduino. I have
1: one in the kit right here, and when assembled, it looks just like the original 8800 front panel.
3: That's amazing.
1: And it runs all of the original code, and they have a site with that code on it.
0: All right, guys. Uh, Let's see. What time is it? It's about 832. Everybody just take about a one minute break here and we'll be back with you in about a minute or so. Cabin fever? spring into the new year with ICOM. ICOM's newest amateur FM transceiver is the IC V3500 and it's ready to hit the road with whatever you're doing. With a compact body and simple interface this radio is a must for those looking for a long-range mobile with a fresh look. The IC-T10 is a rugged portable Needs to exceed standard military testing. With an IP67 waterproof rating, the ICT10 can withstand any field activities ahead. Hear any transmission and listen to FM broadcasts with a loud 1.5 watt speaker. The IC705 is a perfect sidekick and QRP companion. Base station features and functionality at the tip of your fingers. It's a portable package. It covers HF 6 meters, 2 meters, and 70 centimeters. This compact rig weighs in at just over two pounds with an RF direct sampling. Most of the HF bands and I have sampling the ID5100A is innovation and mobility taken to the next level. Designed from user input, the ID5100 offers an intuitive user interface experience with an industry-leading touchscreen display. Additionally, the ID5100 connects with Android devices and Bluetooth headsets via the optional Bluetooth module. The ID-5200A is one of the most advanced dual band mobiles on the market today. Last but not least is the ID-52A. It's a VHF-UHF dual bander with D-Star and FM dual mode functions and is the first handheld amateur radio with a full color 2.3 inch waterfall display. This radio supports conventional FM communications and D-Star simplex repeater Regional and worldwide calls over the D Star Internet Gateway. Visit slash amateur for more information on ICOM radio. All right, and we are back. We've got Bill with us tonight and Glenn with us tonight. Okay, hey, uh, this will be a good time right here just to mention again. Uh, most people have tuned in now and we just took a quick break. Uh, uh, if you're listening out there on WBCQ, way, you would love to hear from you, man. Send us an, send us an email to tom at w5kub.com. And uh, let us know uh, Let us know where you are and how you're here in the station there. Also, we need everybody. Please hit that subscribe button. I'm begging. I'm, I'm begging now for the subscribe button. Let's see, I've got an arrow somewhere. That should help you right there to that subscribe button. That'll help us out a whole lot, right there. All right, let's see. Hey, tonight, a couple things we want to talk about tonight. Uh, I've got a video here that uh, Alan did. It's about uh, about uh, building a forty-nine to one un-un. It's not a balloon. It's an un-un. And uh, uh, I'm going to talk a little about balloon tonight and un-un's tonight. I've got a few here that. Just show you some homebrew ones here, but uh, this is a little short video. It's probably about six or seven minutes long, and I want you guys to to see this. He actually bought this one in a kit. You can build it. You don't have to order the kit. You can just get the parts and you know get your own box and, and so forth. But uh, let me see if um, let me see if I can get that on here for you. And we're gonna we're gonna talk balance. This is for a this is for a half wave antenna. This is not for a random long wire, but it's for a uh, a half wave. Okay, so here we go, everybody. Here we go. Here we go.
1: Is it working? Are you guys? You guys getting audio? Anymore? We're not. But hang on, I, I've Let's got see. the feed up here.
0: Ah, okay. No audio. No audio. Okay, okay. Oh, uh, let me stop it. Yeah,
1: and our audio was playing underneath. Okay, it.
0: so uh, that's what I suspected. Well, I, I suspected I, I didn't hear any audio there. So. Um, uh, got some weird things going on here tonight. Let me see if I can get the audio going. It, it should be pretty simple to, uh, to get going here. Let me see. Stand by, everybody. I'll see. Uh, I'll uh, I'll uh, I'll, uh, I'll put you on over here where you can see what I'm doing, and uh, you can tell I'm I i do not know what I'm doing. Let's see. That should be coming in right there. Should be coming in right there.
5: Connection. Oh. The so 239 uh, for the antenna connection okay. Uh, okay some additional hardware uh some zip tie.
0: okay so we can see we have a dirty jack it looks like oh we're gonna let jack and man it came on but so we're gonna try to start
5: over here uh we're gonna try to start over essentially a matching unit for an NFED half-wave wire antenna. It'll handle 250 watts, operate over the HF frequency band, and present a 50 ohm impedance or roughly a 50 ohm impedance when feeding an end-fed half-wave antenna, which has you know 2.5 or 3K ohms of impedance. So let's take a look at what we've got. A nice weatherproof enclosure uh, with the weather stripping for it, and some hardware for both the counterpoise connection. The strain relief connection, the SO239 for the antenna connection, uh, some additional hardware, uh, some zip ties, the uh, wire that we we'll use to wind the transformer on the toroidal core, and then a really nice uh, a little PC board that we'll strap the core to and use that to bolt it down inside the box. the first step is going to be to drill the five-eighths or about sixteen millimeter diameter hole for the SO239 connector and uh, best to mount that about a half an inch below the the top surface here of the the case so I've just mounted it out with a marking gauge here a little scratch mark in for my half-inch we'll measure halfway across and drill that hole I'm using a step drill bit here because it's easy to kind of get down to the size we need that looks like a perfect fit. So we'll just mark and drill the four mounting holes for the flange. So we'll get the her- first hole marked we'll just drill that one, bolt it down, and then use the, uh, the mounting plate as a guide for the other three. And with the one bolt installed we'll use the flange as a guide for drilling the other holes. Next we drill a 13 hole about four millimeters uh, next to the SO239 to mount the stud for the counterpoise. We've got the SO239 and counterpoise stud just mounted loosely for now so I can keep track of the hardware. On the other end we're going to drill two more holes. One for the strain relief and the other for the stud that will be used to actually connect the end-fed half-wave wire. The location is really not that important. We're going to put the strain relief about in the center uh, just for balance. That basically completes the mechanical machining for the housing. Let's get started on the transformer. The first two turns of the transformer are bifilar wound, so I'm going to take about 8 inches of the wire, hold it back on top of itself, and give it a couple of light twists to keep it together. And that should do nicely. Now there's going to be a total of 14 turns. The first two turns composed of the double wire, and then the remaining 12 will be just the single wire. And remember, you count a turn each time the wire passes through the center. So here's our first two turns that are going to be done with the double wire. After this, we go single. Now, with the first six turns completed, we're going to essentially cross over the coil. We're going to come out and then start wrapping around this way, back to this direction. And that's going to do two things for us. It tends to somewhat break up the inner winding capacitance. And it's also going to ensure that the final winding completes on this side of the toroid, which is where we want it to be inside the housing. Alright, so let's count our turns here. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. We have our 14 turns, primary and secondary output. Cut the loop off the twisted part here. Now we're just going to strip the insulation off the ends of each of these wires and tin them nicely so we can solder them into the connectors. Now with that pair of wires stripped and soldered, we'll just uh, strip and tin the other side of the primary, And then do the far end of the secondary. Now that the transformer is all prepared, let's mount it to the mounting plate using the supplied zip ties. Okay, I'm just careful to make sure we orient the the wires appropriately before we uh, cinch down the zip ties. And it looks like we're in good shape. In order to connect the flange of the SO239 and the counterpoise stud, I added another little wire pigtail here to connect the two terminals. And I've got the other terminal connected here for the secondary. We're ready to mount it in. And connect everything up. I wish my fingers were a little smaller to get in there, but we got the screws all started. I'll just uh, cinch the bracket down, and then we'll make our connections. This is probably the trickiest part of the mechanical assembly, is just getting these small washers and nuts in place, and then uh, fitting in both of the terminals with the short wire between them. And uh, I use the star washers on either side of the terminals to ke- make a good bite into those. We just need to attach uh, the stud for the NFED wire. And we're about wrapped up. Okay, and that completes the installation of the stud for the uh, NFED wire. And mechanically, it's really complete. All we need to do is install the weather gasket in the cover and attach the cover. Now the kit also comes with this uh, 100 picofarad capacitor that the instructions say to solder across the primary, across the SO239, but mainly in applications at the higher end of the frequency bands like 15, 12, and 10 meters. My application, I'm going to use this primarily on 40 and maybe a little on 20, so I'm going to leave the capacitor out. Maybe at some point I'll mount it inside and maybe even put it on a switch so I can switch it back and forth uh, in circuit and out of circuit. But for now, it's going to stay out. As we stated at the beginning, this is a 49 to 1 un-un. So it's designed to transform the you know 2,500 or 3,000 ohm impedance of an NFED half wave to 50 ohms. So in order to test it, I've uh, soldered a couple of 1K carbon-comp resistors together and attached them from uh, the feed antenna feed point to the counterpoise. And uh, we'll take a look at it on the analyzer. Right, so let's first check it on the 40 meter band, let's see 40 meters will be 3 and yeah, we'll do a quick little SWR chart and yeah, it looks like we're oh, about 1.3 to 1 uh, transforming that 3k ohms down to 50 ohms, that's pretty good. take a look at uh, 20 meters and sweep that, uh, 1.34 to 1, that looks pretty darn good there. Now let's look at some of the other bands. Let's look at, uh, at 15. I expect it might be a little bit higher. Yeah, so it's a little under 2 to 1, and we can see it rising. So certainly, probably above 15 meters, we'd need that 100 picofarad capacitor. But in my case, operating on 40 meters and 20 meters, looks like it'll work out great. Uh, just for the heck of it, we will sweep the entire range of the analyzer here. And we can certainly see an optimum uh, operating frequency range. If we scoot over there, we can see we're below one point five to one from oh, about uh, a portion of the seventy-five meter band here. Might be able to get away with using it uh, on, this, on the on uh, the seventy-five meter band, and we stay below one point five to one all the way up to about seventeen megahertz. Uh, so we might be able to get away with even, uh, using this on 17 meters. We're still below 2 to 1. So uh, so pretty good over uh, most of the uh, usable portions of the lower HF uh, operating bands. Last thing is just to apply the sticker, and we are all done with this build. I think it was a, a really nice, high-quality 49 to 1 transformer, and it's going to work out really well for some NFED half-wave wire antennas in the future if you enjoyed this video give me a thumbs up. If you haven't subscribed already please consider doing so and thanks again as always for watching. See you next time. All right so the all right
0: I want to make sure I get that video stopped. Okay so hey there you go man it's a real simple build. That was a kit that he uh, he bought I think online Uh, I'm not sure the cost. Someone asked the cost. Uh, Just do a search for 4901 Un-Un. And I'm sure, uh, you know, a lot of people uh, probably are offering it out there. And, uh, you know, look at the different ones they offer and pick out the one you like. That was really nice in a nice little box. Uh, Here's, uh, let's see, here's one I built. Uh, Let me stop the video. All right, so here's, here's one very similar I built, and I just home-brewed it right here. It uh, looks very similar. Uh, you know, SO-239 on the bottom, and uh, I've got a uh, wing nut here for a uh, counterpoise, if you use, want to use a counterpoise on it. I've uh, got an uh, uh, eye bolt here to hang it, and then uh, here's where the antenna connects right here. So the eye bolt would hang in here, and what I would do, I'd bring my wire this way, tie my wire through this eyelet here, and then connect it to the, uh, to the wing uh, nut up here at the top. Let me open it up. This is uh, just a regular electrical box. I'm going to open it up and show you what I did in this one. So this is just a regular electrical box that I, I got at Lowe's, and uh, man, it cost me almost nothing. You know, with a military discount, I almost get it free. So anyway, there it is. There's your, uh, you know, you, you, very same wiring in there that uh, you saw that uh, Alan had. Now, if you look, let me tilt this. You'll see instead of one toroid, instead of one, one toroid here, you're gonna see a couple. There's gonna be two in here. Well, I don't know if you can see it in here or not. There's two yeah, of them can in barely here. See them. There's two in here that I wound uh, to give me more power. This should be good close to a kilowatt. Um, the single, uh, the single core, it's probably good up to a couple hundred watts, uh, probably, uh, on sideband, uh, if you want to, uh, you want to build one with just a single, and you can buy all these parts, you know, online or, you know, yeah, but you, you core know what did they, you use in that? The, what was that, uh, Glenn? What toroid cores did you use? You know, I'm not sure I have to look that up again. Probably it's an FT something. I don't know.
1: Uh, I don't know. I don't
0: know. We'll, we'll look and see.
1: Yeah, uh, that was one thing in Orlando. There was not a single vendor selling toroid. Parts. Is that
0: right? Man, yeah,
1: I was looking to buy some. And yeah, not a single one sold those.
0: That's probably the most expensive part in here. So, yeah. so look, here's a commercial one here. This is one by Balan Designs, and uh, uh, Bob always donates one of these for our, our webcast. He makes some uh, powerful, great balance and ununs. And uh, you can see, it looks like, well, it looks like he used the same box here, actually, to tell you the truth. And, uh, but he uses stainless steel hardware. You can you can get these from Ballon uh, Designs. This is a 2-to-1. I had it built uh, for my uh, uh, for my uh, uh, Delta Loop. So that's a 2-to-1. I don't know if you can read that or not. No, it's real hard to go.
1: read. Just betting it. Yeah, now you I go. can so see. This
0: it. is a two to one here, and look at that, three thousand watt. And uh, uh, Bob says, you know, I you asked Bob, said, well, Bob, what if, you know, I'm running high power. What if I burn that thing up? He says, hey, I'll send you another one. I think it's three thousand watts, and um, it is a it is well built. He does a lot a lot of uh, and builds for the military too. So yeah, I saw uh,
1: build me an N-Fed and I forget the ratio the N-Fed needs
0: well the Nfed it depends if it's the N-Fed random or long wire it's going to take a nine to one if it's a half wave it takes the 49 to one okay the yeah. impedance the impedance of a half wave uh, uh, antenna is a, is about two thousand to 3,000 ohms so a uh, 49 to one is what you'd use there. And uh, I built my son one and sent it down to Texas. He's using it right now on his radio. Uh, man, you know, no tuner required. It works with just about every yeah, band out there. That's
1: what I want to play with is the no
0: tuner required yeah. part. Yeah. So uh, here's, uh, let's see. That was that's the t- I showed you the two to one. You know, you can buy these from a lot of companies already built. Here's a, here's a one-to-one, you know, ballon, one-to-one that's for dipole. You just put your wires on here like that and then loop them down to, to, you know, the wire on each side. Uh, so that's a one-to-one right there. Uh, I try to build some of mine. So look, here's a couple of my homebrew ones right here. Um, here's, a, here's a four-to-one. There's a four-to-one right there. And you can see I just used some uh, 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 adapters and PVC pipe and just made them fit together. And uh, PVC pipe here for the for the uh, enclosure, a cap on it, and drill it out. Uh, I would recommend using stainless steel hardware on here because it will rust after you know a year or two up there. Uh, but uh, this is kind of kind of cool. That's a 401. to uh, That would be used on something like a uh, uh, a uh, off-center fed. Your off-center fed antenna. It's going to need something like a 4-to-1. One. Here's one I had on the antenna back of my other home I built. This is a 6-to-1. Look at this. There's a 6-to-1 right there. I don't know what I'd use it for right now, but uh, anyway, it's pretty cool. And you can test them very easily just by uh, taking you a resistor, you know, the carbon composition uh, resistors. Uh, you know, if you've, you're you trying to match a uh, uh, 200 ohms, put your 200 ohm resistor across the... Uh, Across the side of the uh, of the ballon. put your uh, your uh, antenna analyzer in the uh, coax connector, and you ought to see you know the SWR very very low there. So that is uh, that's some ballons, and some of the uh, some of the that I build here, uh, just using PVC pipe. It's a pretty simple thing to do. Some of these, and here's one right here. Look at this. Uh, this is really not Tupperware, but it's a, it's like a kitchen, you know, a kitchen, uh, kitchen uh, little container. Let me open it up. This is a one to one. Does Kathy know that
1: you're stealing
0: your yeah. kitchen? this is containers? this is a one to one, and it's just wound on an air core. Right there, you can see the coax connector at the bottom, and then we got the antenna connections, uh, one on each side. That's a one to one with an air core. Again, wound on a piece of PVC pipe. And uh, just look in the handbook. There's uh, very simple instructions for uh, for building the uh, balance. and um, they're easy to do. Or you can buy one, and you know, I would I think that you can probably buy a kit pretty close to maybe what you buy the parts for, and that might be the way to go uh, on your first first ones that you uh, you build there. All right. So what do you think? Let's see.
1: Some shiny surfaces. Yeah. Does does Kathy know that some of her containers are missing?
0: Um well I don't I don't know. She probably knows. Yeah. Well, she's not watching the show. Yeah, she's not <laughs> she's not watching. Let's see. Okay, I see Yeah,
1: and, and Ken uh KC1 PFS um yeah, this is uh basically when you talk these balun and Ununs, you're basically just talking about an impedance transformer yep. that will match your rig's fifty ohm output to the uh, antenna, which has a much different impedance. And uh, for like for the forty nine to one, it you know your impedance is up in the thousands. Okay, well, so uh, uh,
0: uh, Ken says that he didn't understand this. They should put this in the ham test. Now, I would have thought that a ballon might have shown up in the ham test somewhere. Anybody out there taking a ham test the past year or two? Uh, did it have any mention of ballons or matching antennas? Uh, it be interesting to know if that, maybe they left it completely out of the, uh, the test. I don't know. I just don't know.
1: All right. All right. Yeah, I, what was that? I, I said I think I was looking at the uh off center Fed at uh in Orlando and thinking I wanted to build my own. So yeah, it would be the four to one ballot. Yeah. Four to one. And what you was, know, the off center
0: again. I you know, I I, I guess his antennas have been around for years, but when when I in the sixties when I was a novice, of course, just learning about ham radio, didn't know a whole lot about it. Knew more about electronics than I did about radio and RF, but you know, I I never knew of the uh, uh, off-center-fed antenna when I was a, a novice. That would have been a great antenna because. Neither I,
1: did I. Yeah. If I,
0: if I remember, I just had a dipole up for like eighty or forty, I think, and that was about it, man. I just didn't have a lot lot of antenna up, but. You know, the off-center-fed antenna actually works uh, uh, pretty well. Yeah, and, I uh, had
1: a fifteen-meter beam, a two-element beam on fifteen, and that's all I had. Yeah,
3: I yeah. had. Yeah. A uh, tri-band fan uh, dipole stretching the length of the roof of my parents' house. It went from one end to the other, and uh, we put uh, two before's on either eave and stretched the wires between them. They worked yeah. great.
0: Yeah, and you know, uh, now was that a was that a, a resonant dipole or was that a, yeah? Uh, they choose? were
3: uh, uh, forty, which also covered fifteen. Yeah. Twenty and ten meters. I had okay. three three wires up.
0: Well, okay. you know, you know, I, and, and I didn't I didn't even have a tuner then, and really, I, I, I didn't. I guess I really didn't want one. Maybe I don't know, but you know, you put a doublet up, you can pretty much tune it on any frequency, you know, with a tuner. So that would that might might have been a good deal to have back then, but we just didn't have it, you know. Yeah,
3: I just watched my eight oh seven glow cherry red.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know glenn the that off center fit and i've got an off center fed out out back right now on my remote base um you know i've got a i've got a, a ts570 here that i showed on the show where we built a remote base here and you know to make it multi-band you know i mean with the with the with uh, connecting in remotely i can change the bands easily but uh i don't have to change the antenna with the off center fed antenna it's the multi-band antenna so it just automatically, you know, switches. And, you know, the nice thing about the off-center fed antennas, kind of neat, kind of neat the way the thing works, guys. You know, uh, uh, if you take like a 75-meter a dipole, you know, it, in the center, you're feeding the center, it's probably about 70-ohm impedance. And that's, you know, your 50-ohm coax is a, a fair match to that. Uh, but, you know, an off-center fed, what they found out, Somebody smarter than me was if you move at feed point from a center toward the ends, the impedance changes and it changes pretty pretty rapidly there. And if you draw the graph, if you draw the graphs for each of the band, you will actually see there's one point in there where the frequent uh, where the uh, the impedance is is fairly low on every band and it's about it's about uh, uh, two hundred ohms or so. Uh, on on every on every band. So if you match that with a four to one, you're matched for every band there, and that's so that's how they how they get by by uh, doing that. But uh, you know, I was real surprised, Glenn, with the uh, off, with the uh, uh, half wave in fit. Uh, I've got again, I've got a place here to put the, the to put the um, put a counterpoise on here, but. Uh, it, it's not always necessary. Uh, a lot of times your coax can become your, your counterpoise. But then again, the length of your coax might greatly affect how well that works. So, uh, you know, a counterpoise, uh, you, know, uh, of a, you know, some of them as short as three or four feet uh, make a big difference. Uh, but another thing you can do, you could actually uh, roll, roll your coax up in like a dirty ballon. Uh, a certain distance from the from from this, and then that that makes that piece of coax from that ballon up to uh, fr- from that dirty ballon, the one you wound it by your hand, uh, from there up to your your fed box, I'll call it. That actually makes that your your counterpoise, not the whole piece of coax because it stops when it gets to that dirty ballon down there. And, uh, so that's one thing you can do. Um, and you know, the infeed antenna, the impedance is about the same, whether it's, it's horizontal or up at a, uh, up at a 45 degree or straight up. I've got, uh, uh, I've got a couple infeed verticals, uh, out there that I built. And, uh, they, uh, they work, work, out really great. And, uh, this is one way of matching. I recommend this, uh, um, in-fed antenna. Is you can take some uh, ladder line, take a quarter wave ladder line, and uh, put that on the base of your, on the end of your uh, uh, half wave wire, and you can tap into it, you short the bottom out, and you tap into it a, few, a foot or two, and this is all in handbook places, and that will actually uh, uh, tune the impedance and match that antenna and uh, it's pretty cool uh, so I had my vertical up and I had my uh, ladder line you know running horizontal about a foot off the ground for matching and uh, I went out and looked at it after I tested it one day and it was on fire and the ladder line was actually dripping little balls of uh <laughs> it was dripping little balls of uh, fire out there on plastic but you know what uh, an in fed antenna has a lot of voltage on it, so guys, be careful, man. Don't touch the ends of it for sure. All right. So wish we had known about this kind of stuff when I got into the ham Absolutely. radio. Absolutely, yes. I didn't.
1: No, I didn't either.
0: Yeah. Man, oh man. So you know, we learn a lot. We now we now Hey, we can tell the new the new kids, right? We can yeah. tell them. We can tell them all the tricks and you know things have improved a whole lot since we've been in ham radio. Believe me, man.
1: Uh, well, they've just done so much more research. You know, I almost bought that uh, off-center fed. They had a short one at fifty something feet, and I almost bought that at Orlando. And by the uh-huh. time I decided to buy it on Sunday, that vendor had already gone home.
0: Now that was what an in
1: no, it was an off-center fed.
0: Oh, an off-center fed.
1: Was, but it was the shorter version. It was like fifty-eight feet worth. Yeah. Which would fit w- the top of Was that of for my like? Uh,
0: was that like for forty meters and up?
1: No, it was. Uh, it was all band. They have not Did they have a loading coil in it? No, it was eighty through ten. Hmm. Okay. I've seen that one. No tuner needed, and I'm like, I would like to have studied that a little bit more, but again, yeah. you know, I didn't didn't buy it Saturday. When I went back to buy it on Sunday, it was gone. They were gone. So I'll just have to catch them at hun- at uh, Dayton or something like that.
0: Yeah, okay. All right. You know, I forget I we talked last week. What do you bring me back from uh what do you bring me back from Hamcation? You're supposed to bring me back something good.
1: Oh, I brought you back some empty candy wrappers. Mm. Or the Zagnuts? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I love Zagnuts
1: uh no when i won that power supply i had to leave all of the stuff i bought for you there because i just didn't have room and i didn't have weight oh man oh well okay yeah you're just gonna have to go on your own
0: yeah i
1: I guess i I can't be trusted with that kind of stuff
0: all right hey uh we got bill in here and we'll talk a little about let's talk a little about uh some of our pico stuff going on uh Give you guys an update on uh, W5KUB112, guys. It it went down, or I well I I'll just say we stopped hearing from it about three days ago. Um, it's very possible. Uh, well, little solar cells could have snapped, or a wire broke, or who who knows what. But the uh, last report, the al- the altitude was just still good. It you know hadn't been sliding downward or anything, but. I'm, I'm guessing it probably came down somewhere in the Middle East. Uh, it was projected to be somewhere over, probably I'm guessing near Syria, uh, when we didn't hear any more reports. So it was up 257 days, and uh, I think that was a good run to be up that long. Uh, let's see. I've got a picture here of the. Yeah, here we go, guys. The red is uh, the red is. Uh, W5KUB112, and uh, you can see it. Uh, it made a number of nice trips uh, all over the place. Uh, uh, you know, somebody mentioned we ought to see how many countries we actually crossed uh, in these flights here. Maybe, maybe that's like working grid squares now, working countries uh, by passing over them. But um, it went around the world, maybe. Maybe 13 times. It's hard to say exactly because it went up in the uh, uh, Arctic uh, two or three times. It was gone for weeks, and then it would pop back out, like, over Russia or somewhere. So we don't know if it went around and popped out in Russia or if it went backwards or what. Now, the interesting thing about 112 is the first lap it took, I think, if I remember right, it took, like, 72 days to make the first lap around the world. And actually, it almost did something that is very uncommon. And that is, it went all the way past Japan. It was about to make that first lap. And then it turned around, and it went backwards. It went east to west. It went backwards all the way past Mexico, to the west of Mexico, and then circled back around and headed back again. So I'd say we went probably uh 80% around the world backwards uh, on probably its first uh, a first flight here so uh if you look at that the green uh let me just mention the green line I call that a
3: retrograde orbit well, what, what was that bill that's a retrograde orbit
0: yeah i guess i guess so hey if you look at the, the green or blue and this is a this is a map that w- we're developing to track uh uh, this is tracking since a uh, launch here. And if you look at the blue, or gr- I guess that's green there. Uh, you can see it started out in the northern uh, hemisphere. It went around the world about three times or so. And then the sucker uh, headed south, and it crossed the equator and went down and looped over uh, Africa, and it went on down almost to Antarctica. And it's been floating around down there uh, with the Antarctica balloons, uh, uh the past couple of months, and uh I don't think it's going to come back up. But
3: I think it decided that the, it was unsafe to fly in the northern hemisphere. But <laughs> yeah. It safer areas.
0: Well, you know, you know, the the, the crew on that particular one thirteen, that's Larry, Daryl, and his other brother Daryl, and the, you know, they may be smarter than we think. They, the, the, yeah. This all started happening about the time that we were starting to see the balloon uh, spying and stuff so uh, you're right bill i think you're right i think they probably uh, went went south
1: yeah nana you know what's interesting about all of this is you're talking 12 13 times around the world 200 something days in the air and i remember when we first started out we were lucky to get one I mean, yeah, we made it three yeah. quarters of the time, or just barely got across the. Well, Atlantic. That, and
0: that reminds me, hey Bill, this was our very first flight right here, and you launched it for us, guys. This is W five KUB one, and it was. This is a party. This is a real party balloon. This is one of the little uh, 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 silver or, uh, pancake party balloons right here, and. Uh, Man, it was doing good. 14,000 miles had already passed uh, Japan. And uh, I thought, man, we're going to, on our first flight, man, we're going to make it around the world. And, oh man, we went 14,000 miles in 14 days. And then we hit a terrible storm there off the coast of uh, Japan. And it went down on April 25th, 2019. So that was our first flight. We take all of our flights seriously. I don't know who the crew the crew was on. I think the crew. Well, that may have been Huey, Dewey, and Louie. They may have been rescued though. Uh, and you know, just to give you guys a little background about our flights, if uh, is we probably have new people. We have probably have new people in our uh, chat room tonight. Someone asked us uh, once. Someone asked us, uh, how do you steer? How do you steer the balloon? And we came up with a, a, a story that we, you know, uh, it has to be very light. This is, this is what the tracker looks like right here. It has to be very, very light. This thing almost floats. So we said we, we have special trained ants, and they went through a one-year training school to learn how to fly and steer this thing. So we had uh, Huey, Dewey, and Louie uh, were the crew that have been on many of our flights since then, and um, you know, in the first, like Glenn was mentioning, in the first uh, uh, year or two, um, we were making it around the world, but we were also crashing. You know, maybe after one one um, maybe after uh, one lap around the world, or maybe after three laps or something like that, we were we were crashing. The whole game has changed here this past year, man. I mean. Back when we started, I I figured, and it was probably pretty accurate, if you wanted to go around the world, you had to launch ten times, and you might make it one time. We made it on our ninth trip around, our ninth trip. Nowadays, with the new uh, four-gore balloons that we're starting to fly, I can just about guarantee you it's going to go around the world, your first lap. I mean, mean that's just how dependable it is. So... So we've lost several, I mean, we've gone down several times. And I've got some pictures here from some previous flights. And let's, let's look at them real quick here. We, uh, the ants were always rescued. We had a good uh, uh, search and rescue team. Um, here's, uh, here's flight uh, here's 104. It went down. This, was, uh, this one, I think, went around uh, three and a half times around the world. And there's uh, uh, Huey and Louie. I think that was a two-man crew on that one. But this photo was taken by one of our recovery planes uh, after we, we uh, spotted them and used direction finding to find their location. This is out in the North Atlantic right here. It was pretty cold there, but uh, they're, they're doing okay. Uh, we lost another, uh, we lost, lost, uh, another flight uh, off the coast of Mexico here. We were doing really good there. Uh, but you can see the crew looks like they're in pretty good shape. Uh, a Mexican uh, fishing boat came by and uh, uh, rescued them and snapped this picture here, uh, while uh, uh, you know, just soon after, uh, soon after they hit the water there. Now let's see. We've had uh, here's here's one here that crashed in. Where is this, Bill? Be be doing.
1: You know the where Bedouin that is, Bill? Tribes.
0: That's, what, what that's is over
1: that? in the uh, I'm Middle guessing,
0: Eastern desert. I'm guessing that's over in the desert there. But uh, uh, here, Huey Dewey, you see Huey and Dewey right here, they walked two days in the desert there uh, and finally met up with some friendly uh, Bedouin tribes. Uh, and we got them back. And then, hey, we did lose one in, uh, I guess, in China or Western China or. over over in that area there, and uh, we wasn't sure how we were going to get them out, and I think it took them a day or two of uh, uh, marching around and hiding, you know, digging in the sand and hiding, but they were were rescued by some uh, friendly uh, uh, Tibetan monks there. They rescued uh, the crew of uh, 22. So, um, you know, we've had some pretty good luck uh, rescuing the crew. Now, I have not heard anything. We've had no reports on this flight after 257 days. Huey, Dewey, and Louie, we don't know if they're going to be found dead or alive. We just do not know. But uh, once we hear something, we will let you guys know.
3: Hey, Tom, I understand that the, uh, I've heard a rumor that the uh, crew of 114 uh, were rescued by a group of penguins. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah they, well they may have been we haven't heard from them i'm glad you we got that message back bill uh they're yeah do the penguin, yeah, pe- penguins yeah that penguins don't eat ants do they no what do penguins they eat fish yeah, i they? can't
3: wait to see the uh, graphic uh, when you get that photo of the rescue from uh antarctica
0: yeah uh, uh, hopefully more information will come in on that let's see uh let me look in the chat room here what's going on in the chat room i see uh I i see i see your note here bill about launching the buoy i was reading yesterday where they're starting to find some of these buoys up in the the whoa the what, whatever ocean it is north of uh the, I guess up in the Arctic up there these there's some buoys that are
1: floating. That'd be the Bering Sea, the, probably. Okay, there
0: there's some up there and uh, it's uh, supposed to be China tracking submarines. So now they're gonna be uh, looking for any floating buoys probably. Let's see. No no now
3: now they're gonna be depth charging. Yeah radio. yeah
0: yeah my yeah depth charging probably. Yeah let's see.
1: Yeah. Now, okay. They start that stuff. We're going to start doing submarines. Yeah. Well, you know, I I think, uh
0: I think our, I I think our equipment is, Bill. I think our equipment is pretty stealth. You know, the one that the one that came down that was silver. I think that's why they found it. I, I I'm just not sure they're seeing. I don't. No, I'm, I, I'm I, don't sure sure I I don't think they saw.
3: You what? I, I, a luminized uh, a luminized balloon would probably produce a pretty good uh, signature, radar signature. But I don't see that the uh, antenna wire would produce that much of a signature. It probably does, but not nearly as much as a luminized balloon.
0: Yeah, and of course we're flying at very clear balloons. Clear ones
3: would probably yeah. be the way to go.
0: From yeah. Yeah. So look, hey, hey, guys, let me show you. I can't even see it here. Look. I can't even see it here. So I just wonder, man, you know.
3: Yeah, there you go, the stealth balloon.
0: This is stealth. We're flying stealth mode. There it is right there, guys. You think uh, You think uh, radar is going to reflect off this? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. But we'll see. Man. Maybe they got a new type radar that picks up hydrogen or something. Oh, man. Uh, let's see. All right. Uh, so that's kind of the, uh, you know, kind of the scoop on, on that. And if you didn't see the things before, uh, you know, th- there was a lot of interest in the balloons. There's, here's a picture of somebody chasing the China balloon right here. And, uh, it says here, he followed that Chinese balloon for 200 miles until he realized it was poop on his windshield. I guess he probably got let down pretty pretty fast about that. Uh, and here we go right here. I feel a need for speed. Calm down, dude. You just popped the balloon. And let's see what else we got here. Uh, let me see. What we got? What is this? Oh. Bill, we never heard back from those guys. I know the Pandemic was going big, but guys, this is uh one of our flights that went down in I'll, Poland. I'll try
3: and get a hold of them again and see uh, when they plan to fly that. Yeah, yeah this that is one, one went our, down
0: in Poland. This this one came down in Poland. That's the Polish Amateur Radio Club. They've recovered. I, I, I'm not sure. I have to look up the flight number of that. But our intent was to have them relatch it, and we were going to be the first. To land in a country, regas, and take off, and come back all the way around the world again.
3: So it was in right about a half mile from the shore of the Baltic Sea. Not even that; yeah, it was very yeah. close, to going into the sea.
0: Yeah. So if any of you guys out there want a uh, Huey, Louie, and Dewey T-shirt, we've got the Huey, Dewey, and Louie T-shirts. The uh, W5KUB112. They're they're kind of famous now after after 250 something days. Let's do this. Let's open the phone lines real quick and uh, see what, see if anybody wants to join us. And I've got a thing here on phone lines, wherever it is. Let's see. Can't find it. Can't find it. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to copy the link guys for the phone for, for Zoom. If you want to join us on Zoom, you can join us here. Just, Click on this link, and you will come into the show and be on, on Zoom with us. People will see you all over the world. And if anybody is tuned in outside the world, they will also see you. So here's the link. I'm going to post it right here. So we'll call this uh, after the show show, and uh, we'll, we'll uh, invite everybody in here. I'm looking for my... For my Looking for my uh, graphics here for After the Show Show. There it is. Got too many up here. After the Show Show is happening now, guys. The other show is finished. Hey, if you're out there listening on Shortwave, you're listening to Amateur Radio Roundtable, a show about ham radio, shortwave, and electronics. Glad to have you. Thanks for joining us tonight. And uh, you can join us live on watch the video show and Go our chat room if you tune in on Tuesdays, 8 o'clock p.m. on w5kub.com. All right. So
1: I just posted the link there. Hey, I got a little something, Tom. Yeah. Go right ahead. This is that Dr. Duino Inventor Board that I just completed the review on. Yeah. Looks like it will be in the June issue of QST, probably yeah yeah and this is a really handy development platform it uses the stm32 so it's a much faster more powerful arduino and it's just got all kinds of features like leds a relay breadboard area and it's even got a little mp3 player and it's got a speaker on the back so oh, you can man. actually that's cool have this thing play mp3s and, and all that kind now, of what stuff. did you
0: say that, pro- that looks like an esp32
1: It is. It's the ESP30. Did I say STM? Yeah, it's ESP30. Yeah,
0: that's what we put in our VFO here,
1: which has built in uh, Wi Fi, Bluetooth, Bluetooth BLE. Right, uh, right. And uh, it's like a 240 megahertz dual core processor. So this thing's a monster. And this will be a great uh, new uh, development platform if you're going to be building larger and more powerful Arduinos. Yeah. Projects. This is where I'm going, and uh, matter of fact, I'm going to be trying to breadboard up that uh, YouTube uh, retro VFO here okay. in the next uh, week or two.
0: Okay. All right. Very good. Hey, I sent a note inviting Doctor du- uh, Arduino to the show, but I never heard back from him.
1: All right. I will. I will get on him. Yeah. Because yeah. I know sure you know him. So here. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, it looks like it's gonna be a slow night here. We've got the um, we've got the there we go. Who we got there? W eight L V, that is Bill. Let's get Bill in here. We we'll get Bill in here and we've got Oh I need a larger monitor over there. W. W five D P H print. Yeah. Brent, Brent's in here yep all right hey we may may break a record tonight we've got two new people to join our zoom here all right guys i want everybody to call the zoom number i'm gonna give everybody in the chat room a demerit if you don't call in you don't want that to happen all right uh, okay do do we have we got bill there we got bill and we got Brent hey let's take Bill first how you doing bill Bill, there. Bill's microphone is muted.
1: Bill, unmute yourself first. Bill, all we can, you know, we're not good lip readers.
0: Let's try Brent. Brent, your mic's also muted. Are you there, Brent? Hello. Okay, I guess I have to.
4: no I wasn't I was muted. oh there we go okay yeah I'd rather
0: rather talk. my my signing is probably not perfect. how you doing man where are
4: you
0: where are you All located there, right. bill where are you located
4: oh I'm in I'm in Circleville Ohio and I would just mention it in the other chat there I, I think it's time for here we doing and Louie to enter uh, maritime service yeah okay. I'm not sure what that is. What is it? Join the Navy. Well, I think, oh. I think, you know, I think you could probably, I think it'd be interesting to see some marine beacons. Um, well, there's some out there, and Bill was just mentioning that. Uh,
0: there have been a number yeah. of them put out over the past year or two. Uh,
4: that would be, I think that'd be an awesome thing. I'd like to see one. If you dropped one in the river there, see where it goes. You know. You know, see I thought about
0: I thought about putting one in the Mississippi. I'm here at the Mississippi River at Memphis. I thought right. about putting one right. in, but you know, there's so much traffic out there, and it would it would it would get hung up in a bunch of uh, trees, or you know, down trees, or on a sandbar. It, I, I don't think it'd make it. Um, but the ones uh-huh. out in the ocean, Bill, tell tell us about the ones in the ocean out there.
3: Bill, you could go to. Uh... Lake Erie and watch it go uh, over to Lake Ontario and over to Niagara Falls. And, that would uh, that be would, awesome. That would be an awesome uh, one. But they, yeah. uh, the students there at the W6SUN near San Diego, uh, they, uh, Mount Carmel High School, they built several buoys out of PVC pipe, a CB whip, and a loading coil, and wow. uh, 26 D-cell batteries, and a one of my little whisper boards, and uh, we modified it to be used as a buoy, and uh, it was getting great signals. I mean, you imagine salt water is it's the ultimate in a ground plane, and it was being copied all over the world. And, uh, of course, the, the speed is a little different than these balloon flights. They're only going, uh, you know, about a, one knot an hour or, or a fraction of a knot sometimes. Uh, uh-huh. only a mile in a whole day, uh, but uh, some of them went almost 400 miles, uh, several hundred miles before they stopped transmitting. Um, send- they lasted six months, anywhere from four to six months on the ones they they did with all those D cells. They well, used the D cells as ballast to keep the antenna upright. But
1: well, yeah, you know, thinking- I I like what you first said. Let's send Huey, Dewey, and Louie over Niagara Falls.
3: There you go. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That would be kind of cool. Scary. That'd be cool watching it on the map as it approached Niagara Falls, wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, That would be fun. Yep. All right. Well, hey, course, hey. There's
4: always a possibility in the Niagara Falls of uh, Somali pirates, U.S. Uh, yeah. Navy, uh, Royal Navy, Canadian Navy. Never know. Yeah. So, uh, hey, Bill, you got any snow up here? Not at all. Not at all. Okay. It's supposed to be 70 Fahrenheit here tomorrow. I guess I, was... I somebody mentioned a snowblower in the chat. I yeah. I bought one several years ago too. I've never used it here. I'm just south of Columbus. South of Columbus, Ohio, I've never used it.
0: Yeah. All right.
4: Hey, let's pick up uh
0: is, is uh Brent Brent's here. Hey Brent, how you doing?
4: Well I'm doing
6: okay. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing
0: fine, man. How, uh, where where are you located? I'm in uh Lawton, Oklahoma. Lawton, Oklahoma. I spent two. I spent two weeks out there in, in the woods and the mountains of Fort Seal while they shot artillery over me.
6: Yep, I remember you talking about it last yeah, week. Yeah, huh?
0: yeah. That's that's what I remember about Lawton. I was I I was stationed out in the Altus. Of course, you know where that
6: is. Yeah, it's about six inches above hell. That's right, man. It is. <laughs>
3: I was at Fort Sill too and when our plane landed I could see white caps on all the ponds down below us it was about a 50 mile an hour crosswind and when I landed I asked the pilot you know you know was that an unusual day and he said this is a calm day out here
0: <laughs> yeah 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 well when they when they dropped us out there bill it was temperature was like I don't know temperature was like. Five degrees with the wind blowing like forty miles an hour, man. <laughs>
1: uh, well, see, what Tom, you what you don't know is you were saying they were shooting over your head. Yeah, that's not what they were aiming for. They just well, didn't have the range right.
0: Well, yeah, by yeah, they didn't have the range right. We could we could definitely hear it going over us out there. You know, I mean, I didn't feel threatened uh, or anything like it. But uh, that was an interesting uh, two weeks out there. <clears throat> yeah. Had a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Would I do it again? Yeah, I'd rather not. But, no, you know. see, while
1: you were all doing that, I was just nice and comfortable in an air-conditioned room watching them test the jet engines. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, uh, hey, hey, Brent. Uh, I guess you're in your shack there. Uh, I, I, I saw some back there in a minute ago. I saw. I saw. Did I see a loop antenna or something back there? maybe, maybe yeah. it's something maybe it's not a loop antenna
6: that's it right there that's oh. the uh, al um, 705 The uh, oh. antennas um, well the uh icon version of their loop antenna okay never use it it's very difficult to uh i don't have enough patience for it so i just use
0: i built uh, i built the loop here about uh i don't know 36 or 40 inches in diameter and uh, you know, I put a little motorized uh, a capacitor on it and everything, and it was—you know—it seemed real touchy. You know, it's got a very narrow bandwidth, and I, I don't—I, you know—I I didn't expect it to perform like an antenna I got out in the trees, especially down here in the house. But well, I, I really never used it. Yeah,
6: they're—they're they're really, really touchy. They, you know, they react to the, just the of your body when you're tuning it right? oh, um, so, yeah yeah well yeah
0: and uh pretty high voltage on that thing too real high yes. voltage
6: yeah i got it for the icom 705 and uh, unfortunately uh icom 705 is very touchy when it comes to uh common mode and yeah. i think get any common mode on it at all and it's hooked to your computer. Say you wanted to do digital or something like that. Uh, the it, it just kind of wipes out your USB connection to your computer. So yeah, uh, your down card goes down and all that. Practically requires a reboot of your computer. So I prefer to do everything wirelessly. And I'll ha- I'll use a resonant antenna.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. At least get the antenna out away from you and get away yeah, from you the you get away from the RF. Too.
6: Yeah. A loop,
0: you've got to have it right there because you've got to tune it that's true so, that's true and you know uh, I, I always you know like a loop antenna always basically transmits the, the lobes are on each si- each side broadside to it but on a on a loop antenna like that the lobes are off the edges uh, out uh, uh, in the same plane as the loop and that's something I, I learned and I, I don't know why but it's uh, a difference. So if you're going to aim that, you'd have to aim the edge of that loop for where you wanted to talk, I guess.
6: <laughs> yeah. yeah, one advantage to it is you can null, null some local noise out with it. So it is quiet. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So that, that's about the only advantage to it. It's kind of top-heavy. Um. So if you have any wind at all, you have to hold it down. I don't know. I don't use it... I use resonant antenna
0: on the seven hundred five, or
6: I have a tuner. Yeah, yeah. Well, I thought about taking
0: that loop and putting it outside, maybe putting a rotor on it. But then I'm thinking, why do I want to do that outside? Let's put a. I'll just put a dipole or something on it and rotate it. You know? Wow. All right. Well, hey, I miss I miss Lawton. I miss Altus. You know. 19 tornadoes one night, man. you, you, hey, you did, some didn't, didn't you have, have some tornadoes here recently?
6: Yeah, um, Sunday, yeah. Um, they blew up, uh, just, just right north of us. Um, if you're familiar with Fort oh, Sill, Sitt- oh. right north of Fort Sill is Mears, yeah. That they they blew up. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, I saw on the news the uh, the tornado there at uh, Lawton, and uh, man, I mean, that's a real Tornado Alley out there. I remember when we were out there in Altus; so we had 19 of them one night, and uh, the sirens kept blowing. And they finally announced on the radio that they were turning the sirens off to let them cool. The next day, my neighbor the next day my neighbor dug a storm cellar out in his backyard.
6: They blow the storm sirens around here. Uh... When we have high winds, so wow. we hear it all the time.
0: And oh
1: it's wow! Kind of,
6: it's actually kind of frustrating.
1: Yeah. Actually, wow. didn't they say we're supposed to start getting some nasty weather maybe tomorrow or thereabouts? You know, I don't know. I yeah. know it's supposed to rain and thunderstorms tomorrow.
0: I don't know. Well, I'm gonna, I'm am i I'm jumping on Amtrak. I'm going down to uh, New Orleans Thursday morning.
1: I just heard today that they're going to have a train starting up from Miami to Orlando. Huh. A high-speed train. And I'm like, man, I'm all in for that. You would think
0: they would have that today down here. I would think.
1: Well, they're just now getting around to it. It's supposed to start up like in April. Yeah. But trains
0: is like old stuff, man.
1: Well, these are the high-speed stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, they've always had trains there, but not the high-speed stuff. Okay. Well, well, I'll have to go down and try it. Let you know.
0: Yeah, I drove. Uh, I drove uh, a couple years ago. I drove up to uh, Orlando for the uh, Hamfest from Miami. Man, that's a long drive up here, especially going around that uh, yeah. that, that big old lake, Okanoka, Oka Woka Noka- Koko- Oka, or whatever it is. Yeah, Okeechobee. Is that what it is? Yes. But they need to build a bridge. They need to build a bridge across that
1: lake. Let me tell you. Yeah, that's that's a, a long way. It's about a four hour drive from Miami. Yeah, yeah. You know, when I lived in West Palm, I cut like an hour and a half off that drive, but it was still a long drive.
0: Oh yeah. <sighs> ah, yeah. I see. Who's going to Huntsville? I'm. We'll be there. We'll be webcasting it.
4: Oh, I'll that's be there. fantastic. Okay. I'm going to go. You know, I'm I'm a nurse. You guys know, a registered nurse. I didn't expect to survive COVID. I decided to make some changes here, and I'm going to have a little bit of fun. So I am going to go to to, uh, Dayton, of course, because it's so close by. Yeah. I'm going to win the grand prize this year, by the way, because I am buying uh, 38,000 tickets. So I figure I've got it. You probably... uh, You'll have a good chance. 38,000 tickets? You'll have a... Yeah, Yeah, I figure... I figure I'll be ahead that way because it'll still probably be less than what the grand prize is.
1: Well, yeah, but there's one little detail that I think you're overlooking. Yeah. What's you that? Have, <laughs> you have not factored in the Joe Eisenberg factor. And, and you oh, out. You, you, right? you gotta watch out. Too. <laughs> you, hat. you gotta watch
0: out because you gotta watch out for that thirty eight thousand and one ticket that's in there.
1: Oh man. Yeah. yeah. Joe Eisenberg oh, he, won four well, prizes in Orlando.
0: I I tell you, Bill. Oh my goodness! I tell you, we're not going to go to Dayton this year. We've gone forty consecutive years, and uh, yep. I'm getting a little old to do it. You know, I I just wasn't really impressed with it. I guess I'm wore out, or you know, it's just I I I don't, you know, I'm just going to make a change. But we will continue. Huntsville's a lot closer to us. This uh, about a four-hour drive versus a ten-hour drive, and uh, we will go there. Yep. I will tell you this: that we uh, we we got COVID at uh, Huntsville uh, last year, and when we came home. <laughs> huh.
4: Well, I got five immunization, in, in so I'm hoping I won't be getting it.
1: <laughs> well, but I actually I, got, got, it.
4: got five shots.
1: I got it from Dayton. What two years or last year? Yeah,
4: yeah. Well, that's what I heard. That several several people uh, got it in Dayton as well. Yeah.
1: Well,
0: yeah. look now, if you do go to Huntsville, it's it's a great venue. All inside, air conditioned, beautiful place, man. But don't don't buy a bunch of tickets, okay?
4: <laughs>
0: don't buy a bunch of tickets. I'm, I'll no. have a few tickets in, and I'm no, hoping if, to win if Joe something. Joe
1: Eisenberg's there. You you have to re- like I say, he managed to win four in Orlando, and that's with twenty something thousand people depositing tickets. Wow! Um, what are the odds of winning four out of twenty something thousand? Um, yeah. I won one, That's, so yeah. I mean I beat the odds. But That's uh yeah, Joe Joe yeah. won four and a couple other people won multiples. I'll be darned. So yeah. Ha. It's yeah. Thirty eight thousand well, would be a bit much. Well maybe Joe won't make it this year. <laughs> hey, I'm go sure ahead. the the club would love you. Yeah, Bill.
3: Um, After 55 years of going to the Dayton Hamvention, I've won one prize, and it was a book on how to become a ham radio operator. Yeah, Ah. yeah.
1: (laughs) I actually actually won a Diamond 40-amp power supply in Orlando, and it just barely fit in my backpack. I had to really totally rearrange, take it out of the box, stuff it in my backpack, get it past security, and hand carry that thing home i had no weight left in the suitcase at all there was no room for this thing and it barely fit in the backpack
0: well i've had i, I i've had minimal luck i guess it at, at huntsville let's see i i won last year i won oh, the minimal
1: I, luck I, yeah you walk yeah, away with i
0: won the 9700 last year i think two years before that i won the uh the 991. Yezu, 991 you know i've, I've won some uh Mobile rigs with APRS, I've won some handy talkies. Uh, you know, not a whole lot, I, you know, it's a bunch of little. I want,
4: a, I want a couple, all things from four days in May. And that's yeah. the main reason I yeah. go over to Dayton is to go to QRP UR, RC, to go to the, the separate uh, venue there. Uh,
1: I go to I some a of their events, but they haven't invited me to do a forum there. Five, six years, so I only go for their evening events. Well, look, I've yeah. won.
0: Look at this. I've won, I think, four of these one year there. And uh, I haven't even opened these yet. i am using. I got two of them open here, but this is a battery charger. Look at that. And wow. uh, it'll do triple A's. It'll do double A's, you know. And uh, I, I, I was thinking, what am I going to do with four of these? But, uh, you know, I'm using two of them here. And uh, they work pretty good. Maybe we're gonna give us out as a prize on a show one night. Maybe there we'll do that. We'll, we'll try to do that one night, maybe. Yeah, but
1: I mean,
4: I used to have one of those.
0: Now, I'll, I'll win a lot of little stuff. things. I'll, I'll get some little, th- you know. I'll get like like Bill. I'll uh, I'll win a, uh, you know, get your ham license. I've got several books. Uh, I'll get oh, yeah. you know, get your I've ham been- license or.
1: I win the ARRL
0: oh, gift certificates oh, all yeah. the time. Oh, hey. Uh, do those things expire? Because I got three or four
1: ARL I think gift certificates. They certi- do expire. I've yeah, got, four, got three
0: like, or four gift certificates. They, they expire like 20 minutes after you get them, I think.
1: Uh, I think you got like 30 days or do thereabouts. You? Oh, man.
0: Yeah, let's see. Well, my son here says, Joe, we'll be down at Houston Hamfest this Friday. There is the Houston Ham Fest Friday. So uh, he's going. Joe's going to be down here. Uh, maybe he'll win enough down here. He won't win anything at at Dayton and uh, Huntsville. Yeah.
1: Good luck with yeah. that. Yeah. Joe
4: seems to do, so do very well at Huntsville. Do they have a big uh, flea market at Huntsville too? That and that's yes. all inside. It's big. They've it's got all, one so yeah. of the best flea
1: markets. It's probably uh, outside of Orlando and Dayton. I would say it's, it's
0: one of the best. It's, I guess it's the third largest in the United States. It no it, go, so. it, it's, it's, it's the third largest in the United States. And if you can get into the Embassy oh. Suites Hotel, they, the hotel is actually connected to the Von Braun Civic Center. And they have so, okay. mu- they have so much room to expand. You, you park your car underneath. You don't have to get in your car. You can walk through a, a walkway, air-conditioned walkway, right into uh, the hand fest, and uh, uh, oh man, it, it's uh, it's it's nice. It's nice, cool, clean.
4: I I just I just emailed them yeah about two weeks ago, and yep. tickets weren't open yet, but they're they're going to be. But they've already opened the hotel thing. So that yeah. that part they've yep. done that. I don't think the ticket thing's ready yet. Well, I'm gonna go down there. I'm gonna go for a couple of weeks because. See what else I can see down there. I've well, you've down got there. To, I you know got the no you got room.
0: the space and rocket center got there. The space you got, and rocket you can go center. To go to NASA. Yeah.
4: Oh, I definitely want to go see it. Yeah. You know, I grew up in a NASA town. You know, it's a must. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah.
1: yeah, I did that on the Orlando trip here. A friend and I went over to uh, Cape Canaveral and uh, did the tourist thing at the Kennedy Space Center, and that was a fabulous day.
4: I'm definitely. I definitely want to see it. Like I said, we've never we've traveled through there, but we've never stopped for any reason. I think I might have missed it one time by about a week. I just happened to be driving through there, but I didn't know about it. You no. Know? Yeah. And
1: uh, no, that's that's been you know every time I go over, I go over early, and I'll stay there during the day and you know do the tourist thing there, and then go get into my hotel room. But you know, the staying at the Embassy Suites—it's kind of like staying at one of the Disneyland hotels inside the resort. You're right there, just walk across the walkway. It's all air conditioned, and I think that's the thing I love about Huntsville. It's a hundred something degrees outside, you know, on that yeah. hot mm-hmm. summer day. But inside, it is cool and as comfortable as can be.
0: We'll uh, we'll I'll be, be webcasting it. We'll be webcasting it again, giving away prizes to all our viewers out there. That's coming up in August. Oh, wow.
1: It'll be August. Yeah, right around the yeah. corner.
0: And we yeah. like we like it's Huntsville so by. much that we go down a day extra and we stay a day late. You
1: know. Yeah. Oh no, Huntsville's
4: fun. Well, I'm looking very forward to it. Um, I, I saw a flight recorder. Somebody had a uh, had a black box at the Dayton for sale out there in the in the uh, flea market. Maybe I can get an AIM nine while I'm down there. I don't know. Um. Well. Might be able to. I tell you, I, I, there I was you one have year. I a better
1: chance digging the one that's out in the, the Great Lakes. Oh, no, yeah. I tell you what. I
0: haven't seen it in a lot. But, I, hey, probably 35 years ago, we, we were outside. We had a booth outside. And the, the booth across from us had a missile standing up. The missile was probably 15, 18 feet long. It was standing up against their truck there. I wish I'd bought it. I don't know what they wanted for it. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't I know what they wanted. It and
1: then bought it and then dangle it from one of your balloons. No, wouldn't it, the, wouldn't it be neat? Hey, look, look,
0: look you, you got a neighbor you don't like. What you do, you get up early. You go over in his yard and you stick that sucker in the ground right in front of his front door. And then right. you put some dry ice in the tail back there where little smoke's coming out the back, you know.
1: <laughs> I keep saying I'm going to do something like that for Halloween here. You know, I'm going to build me a flying saucer and put it out in the yard and crash it into the tree and have that alien that was always outside your booth there in, in Dayton. Yeah. yeah. You know, standing, looking around, you know, and like you say, have the dry ice and stuff. Yeah. I forget, the, I forget who he was called. Oh, I don't remember, but it was always right outside your booth there at Dayton. Back when it was inside Hera. Yeah. Yeah. I remember you interviewed him one year. Yeah, I got it right Fact. Yeah.
0: He's in our intro actually, our show intro there, me interviewing him.
1: But that, I, I mean,
6: that's why into the house. And uh, I'll I'll pick you guys up back in the chat room.
1: Okay
0: good to see you man thanks for joining we'll come back again oh. soon yeah thanks for joining
4: thank yeah.
0: you and thanks for having
4: us on here too yeah I go back to the regular and let me now. post
0: that link again okay. if anybody wants to join us here is the link I'm not gonna open the phone lines It's too much trouble right now but here's the link if you want to join us on, uh, on zoom click on that link and you'll be on the show And all 32 people out there watching are going to see you if you come on the show. I think we've got a little more than that watching, but (laughs) the show is recorded, and uh, quite a few people do watch the show after after the live uh, is over. Oh, somebody has their audio
1: on there.
5: Who
0: would that be?
1: Would that be Bill? probably be Bill because it's not me.
0: Well, he's muted. Well, everybody's muted up here now. So.
1: Yeah, I don't
6: know.
0: All right, we got a few more minutes, guys. We've got about 10 more minutes we're going to be on. Uh, we're going to fill out our two hours here on shortwave, and uh, I'll edit this, get it on shortwave here in a little while. And uh, we appreciate you tuning in to Amateur Radio Roundtable. If you're out there listening on WBCQ, you're listening on Thursday between 5 and 7 p.m. Eastern Time. The actual live show is on Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern Time on W5KUB.com. And for all you guys that want that in UTC time, I, I don't know if it's 0100 or 0200 now. I can't keep up with it, Glenn. I think oh, it's man, six I hours is o two hundred o two hundred Wednesdays. You can join the live show.
1: Oh, yeah. Now it's like, are we on? No, we're not on daylight savings time.
0: So. Yeah, we're six hours
1: right now. I think. Yeah, I can't keep that stuff straight.
0: well we don't know what happened to Hu and Louie when they did go oh, over when they up. did go over uh, some country uh, we, we did get a video from somewhere let's see yeah, I mean, here's the video uh, you guys aren't going to hear the audio on, on zoom but here's the video
1: well you know I think we just need to start putting some uh, anti-aircraft defense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Go back here. Here we go. Okay. Yeah, Bruce says it's O two hundred GMT. I don't know. I used to use GMT all the time and then I kept seeing a UTC. What, yeah. what's what's more what's more correct now, UTC or GMT?
1: I think UTC, the Universal Coordinated Time, or you know, whatever.
0: Yeah. That was that was seemed like that yeah,
1: should be UCT. U-C-T. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: Time is Universal Coordinated Time, or uni- yeah. well, they, you
1: know. Apparently, they they got it backwards.
0: Now, what does WWV say? They say they say Universal Time, don't they? I think they they used to. I haven't listened to it in a long time. I have not listened see, to that in go, forever. ding, ding, doing, WWV and blah, blah, blah. Time will be universal time or something
1: like that. But, you know, they're, they're a great, great way to check your frequency on your VFOs and stuff. Yeah, yeah.
0: UTC is a French abbreviation for Universal Coordinated
1: Time. And, and All right, so how come the French get to do something that's in England? And how
0: come their letters are all in the wrong
1: order? It ought to be UCT. They're doing this just to confuse us, you know. I mean, they
3: call it Universal Time Coordinated.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Universal
1: Time Coordinated. Yeah, I guess they would. (laughs) Yeah, and Chris is saying WWV's uh, UTC.
0: Yeah. I just like to listen to WWV. You know, you 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 hear it, and then when it when it out in Fort Collins, Colorado, and then then when it stops, you you listen, and in, in the weak background, you hear WWVH come on.
1: Yeah, and you know, love that clock tick that yeah. they have. I mean, how many hours did we spend listening to that?
0: time is yeah eight minutes until we sign off
1: tonight but you know that guy they've used that same guy's voice as long as I've been listening to it hey Tom Uh uh-huh
3: if if you allow me to share screen I have uh, have something to show here
1: okay
0: all right you got it We're not seeing anything but a black screen.
1: He's working on it. Okay, it's this coming up. It takes a while for these slower connections to actually get the sharing going. Does the same thing with mine.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that was on our Facebook group, that, that picture. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you need right there for sure. For
3: sure. Well, it's
1: a heck of a lot cheaper than a four hundred thousand dollar sidewinder.
3: This is the retooled uh uh US jet force, spider jet force retooling to uh with their more economical weapons for uh yeah. balloon popping.
1: <laughs> He's gonna have to get a little close to do the work with that one. Yeah. Well, unless he drops it,
0: then I just how, I, don't off. To, I don't know how to fall, you know. They drop it dropped it. I like this one right here, man. I mean, that looks almost real.
1: Yeah, that was that was well done. I, I
4: can, you <laughs>
0: know, I can, I can. I'd do that. Yeah. And it only went two hundred miles, man. Yeah. or well he realized it?
1: Hmm. But you know you know bill you were talking about the aurora that's one thing that i've never seen that i've always wanted to see
0: oh no no sleeping time oh man i'm getting sleepy
1: now you're making me sleepy
0: man man
1: and i gotta get up for work in the morning i actually overslept oh, this morning
0: i gotta get up four o'clock in the morning thursday
1: what for? The
0: train. Oh. train leaves at 6.30. Oh, good heavens. You know, you'd think they could pick a better time today to leave, man.
1: Oh, I know. I know that. Yeah. This year in Orlando, I took a later evening flight, and oh, I was so glad I did. I w- otherwise, I would have had to get up at 6 a.m. Yeah. Over or 4 a.m. to be, but no, earlier than that, 3 to get to the airport by 6. Or whatever, the flight left at 6. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I ended up leaving, it was 6 p.m. I ended up leaving a much, much nicer flight. Yeah, and, you know, Chris is telling it right. Park the car that you like the least. Down, You know, take the car you like the least down there to the train station. Oh, really? Oh, you haven't heard about all the fun stuff over in Memphis? Mm. If you ever find your car again, it won't have a catalytic converter. Oh, boy. Your new home needs more than just paint. It needs the power of certification. Yeah, I mean WWV all the time, all the time. Oh Lord
5: Same time, same station, every time, WWV. (laughs) One, two,
0: three, four, every second counts at WWV.
5: For a good time, call 555-4-WWV.
1: Oh, that's WWV. good.
5: WWV, for the time of your life.
1: You know, they should we'll sell advertising We'll be back for the time on WWV like in just a minute. Uh, do I? what? They should sell advertising time for cute little jingles just like that. I
0: mean, it sounds pretty real. I, I, I was thinking yeah. they've changed their format a little bit, man. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's pretty good. No, they could, yeah. you know, sell little jingles, sponsor them, you know, get some money in on that. Yeah, yeah. Man. Yeah, WD-8 IOL, your car's catalytic converter might get converted from yours to someone else's. I mean, so I, I, I wanted that, to talk about you know, uh, checking your frequency act. Yeah, I know at work, we know we've got a fenced in compound, and somebody climbed the fence and got themselves a handful of catalytic converters about a year or so back.
0: Yeah, well, they're supposed to have security down here, but I don't know. We had cameras
1: and security there, and they still did it. Yeah, yeah. Well,
0: I guess I need to put my Tesla cool thing, turn it on on the car body.
1: Yeah, you know, have it have it doing little arcing from the the you know the AM antenna to the chassis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, go ahead, take my catalytic converter. Do you feel lucky?
0: All right, we've got two minutes, guys. Hey, I want to thank everybody for joining us tonight. Appreciate it. Come back next week. Uh, we'll see you. Uh, we'll see you next uh, Tuesday. And then toward, uh, toward the end of the month. We may have to have a recorded show toward the end of the month, in the next month. Uh, what you got going on? I, I'm going to go to Russellville and uh, oh. I'm, uh I've got a to tour my old uh, old dorm here. I don't think they're going to let me in my old room, but uh, get, I'm going to get in the dorm. I want, I want to, I want to see what they've done to it. I, it's different, I know, man. You know, yeah, it was, you were saying it, that it was guys only back then. You know, the dorm room, and I think we had a, you know, a. Uh, a bathroom for the floor, you know, where you shower and everything. Now I think everybody's got their own bath in there and everything, and it's, it's both girls and boys. And, you know, I don't know, man. It, it's going to be a lot different. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, good night, everybody. Good night, 73. That's best regards to everybody out there. Uh, we'll see you next week. Okay. Night. Let me shut down the show. Thanks, guys, for watching.